Hey, hello, and welcome to this episode of DJ Force X in Conversation. Uh, this week's episode, or this episode, I should say, is uh, Kevin from Big Scary Monster in the final part of my Record Store Day trilogy. Um, we spoke to uh, Jack of Alco Pop Records first, uh, getting some sort of insight into previous Record Store Day experiences with them. Uh, Big Scary Monster have also been involved previously with Record Store Day as well, but not this year, uh, but previous year. So we get a little bit of insight on this one. And also we talk about a lot of their other bands and stuff and some reissues that they've got coming out or have had come out. Uh, and it's pretty cool because I, I go back with this label a long way. I remember it from back when I was trying to get records out with bands I was in. Um, but it was really cool to actually chat with Kevin uh, about that. And obviously last episode, we had um, Neil Starr from Phil Campbell and the Bastard Sons. Um, that sort of gave us, because they actually had a release this year. Uh, they released their cover of Silver Machine uh, on a seven-inch vinyl, uh, which you can pick up from the Nuclear Blast website. Um, they uh, they sold out of the Record Store Day versions, but they got a couple of other different different color vinyl now available on their store so go check that out uh, i'm going to be picking one up myself uh i didn't actually manage to pick it up record store day uh i went to brighton let's go see phil campbell and the bastard sons with ugly kid joe and that was an absolute fucking fantastic show uh yellow cake uh as well played that show which is uh whitfield crane's new band um and they opened the show and it was it was just a very enjoyable night i've forgotten how many songs of ugly kid joe's i actually knew um which was crazy and phil campbell were great live bands first time i've seen them live and it was just great it was just it was a great show uh, it was great 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 <laughs> um uh, but uh the first thing i did in the morning was go to um uh, 101 collector records in Farnham as well as a bit of a queue there but I did manage to pick up some uh, records that day um, only two record, stay re- record store day releases out of that which was um, previous guests on the show public service broadcasting uh, with uh, the people who always need coal 12 inch um, and last shop standing the uh, documentary and song uh, regarding independent record stores uh, which I've yet to uh, kind of watch at the moment but I'm going to and I've yet to open the actual vinyl uh, which I do mean to do and you'll see pictures come up on my feeds uh, when I do that but I also picked up some others, other uh, other records um, I've got another public service broadcasting record the uh, the war room EP uh, I also picked up Nine Inch Nails um, with their Violence EP and uh, The 100, uh, their album uh, on vinyl as well. Oh, and uh, Rob Zombie Live, uh, where he performs um, Astro Creep 2000 in its entirety, that white zombie classic. Um, but yeah, that is... Uh, that was my record store day. It was pretty. It was a pretty full on weekend. Um, still kind of recovering, um, but yeah, uh, it was all good. So anyway, uh, let's get on with the interview. This is Kevin from Big Scary Monsters. Enjoy. Cool. All right. Well, uh, it's recording, so we've already started. So that's all good. Cool. Um, so yeah, welcome to the show. Um, hey, how are you doing today? Good. Yeah, staying out of the rain. Yeah. So, uh, same as every day, basically. I was just looking out the window, and it's just covered in rain all of a sudden. So yeah, I'm sick of it. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> roll on summer. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I've, I I miss. I was living in Florida up until recently, so I missed the sun 
very oh, really? much right now. Oh man, um, yeah, and, yeah. So it's been a bit of a transition, but I've been back for about eight <laughs> months now, so I should be used to it. But you no, should. I miss palm trees and sun. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're getting all uh, mournful now. I know, right? It's a start of a downer. <laughs> Let's see if we can work yeah. our way up. <laughs> um, so you you run um, Big Scary Monster uh, record label. Yeah. Uh, yep. You guys have been going, I mean, I can remember you guys from back, I want to say early 2000s, because uh, I was in a band at the time, uh-huh. um, and you were one of the labels I think we submitted to at one point. Oh, really? Uh, Did I reply? No, you may have. Oh. I, <laughs> it's right. This is not a long-term grudge thing. Don't worry about it. I it was a long time <laughs> ago. We're talking almost 20 years ago. So, yeah. Um, f- where well, that's they? scary. 15? Yeah, it is scary. Um yeah. But we did all right. Don't worry. We actually ended up on a label and stuff. So we did all right. So Cool. Um, but Good yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I was just looking back on uh, some of your uh, discography, if you will. And uh-huh. um, some of those bands I remember from back like touring around with and playing shows with, like Hiding With Girls. Uh, yeah. Jarius. Um, yeah. Which other ones did I put down? Blackfish. Um, oh, yeah. Um, Second Smile. Yeah, Second Smile. <laughs> Uh, yeah through silence as well yeah we did a single with them i really am feeling old now yeah i know right (laughs) (laughs) and that was that was when we were like kind of starting out around that early 2000s and we kind of right we got we got signed up by copro um oh yeah or actually casket the distro deal to be perfectly honest with you um and we released it kind of off our own backs our first album which did all right um yeah but um no around that time we were playing with those bands and 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 like i said i was aware of your your label i used to send me samplers as well because i was djing um rock clubs and stuff as well so right yeah inadvertently been in contact before Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yeah, that that was kind of early days. I think the label kind of officially began in 2001. And I guess by about 2003, 2004. So that kind of period, we were, we were a proper label in terms of it wasn't just me walking around my town telling people I had a label. Yeah, it, you know, we actually had bands and things going on by then. Yes. Yeah. No, like I say, I mean, it, I, I do remember it was quite nice when um, obviously Jamie got in contact with me and I was like, I do. I know this. I still get your mail <laughs> shots to my to my one of my emails oh, really? and stuff. So. Oh, nice! Oh, um, that's good. Yeah, I know it was crazy. I was just like, oh yeah, cool. Let's do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. but I used to get samples from you guys as well. Um, uh-huh. Back when I think when you used to send out, I don't know if you probably still do, but um, yeah, I think I've got a bunch of CDs in my collection somewhere of yours. So it's all good nice. to actually speak to you. Actually, you know, with a voice rather yeah. than our email or whatever we did back then. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't have that email address anymore, so I don't know if if you did reply or not. So. Uh, no, it'd be interesting to know, but I guess we never will. No, no, it's all good. It's all good. Um, but you have worked with some uh, who have like kind of turned out to be big bands as well uh, on uh-huh. the label. Obviously, Andrew WK is probably your one of your yeah. biggest ones on there. And I saw on your website how that happened, so we don't need to go yeah. into that. <laughs> you probably get asked yeah, that a lot. But um, I love Andrew WK. I, I've I've chatted to him a few times and once on my show as well, and he's a really nice guy. So he is, um, yeah, he's great. Yeah, yeah. That was a that was a very uh, random release, but uh, a very nice one to have in the in the catalogue. Yes, yes, and and more recently, you've got a couple of uh, you did the reissue of Hell Is for Heroes yeah. last month. Yeah. Um, how, yeah. How did, did that go? Because I, I I mean I I cracked out that album recently, and uh, uh, it's it's still a, such a great record. I don't think it's aged badly at all um that one that did really really well um we were in touch with them back in 2007 i think about a tour one of our bands supported on 
Um, and I just reconnected with Will and said, you know, you're looking to reissue the vinyl. And they hadn't particularly thought about it. So we started chatting, uh, went for a few drinks, which is often the way these things kind of build. And um, yeah, then did it. And they, they played this tour and it went amazingly well. Cool. So um, and what it was, it was just the vinyl release you took care of, yeah. It it was, yeah, because I think it, it initially came out on vinyl 15 years ago, but a pretty limited pressing. So the few copies that were hanging around are pretty expensive on Discogs and yeah. eBay and stuff. Um, so yeah, we just did it. It's a fairly straight up reissue. It's not remastered or anything. We just um left the tracks as they were. The artwork is basically the same, just a few little tweaks from the original. Um, and then we did it on a different colored uh, vinyl. Um, yeah, pressed a thousand copies and they all sold out. Like the band were having to limit how many they could sell at each show because they, they were sort of too low on them. So oh, it was really nice, actually. Yeah, it was great seeing people getting really into it again. And um, I went to, or we went to a few of the shows. So we went to Bristol the sort of first night. Yeah. And um, honestly, I kind of I, I kind of went in naively thinking it was quite a small venue. I thought there could be sort of 400 people there. And I thought, oh, we'll go and, you know, say hello and hang out and show some support and we get there and it's the best part of 2000 people singing every word and i think at that moment we were like oh they're going to be fine yeah. <laughs> this isn't a problem at all um and then they kind of finished off with two nights at shepherd's bush empire in london which isn't a bad way to finish any tour really no. um and that they they had so many friends and family there that night and I saw so many people in sort of the um, in the bar, you know, members of all these old bands, you know, My Vitriol and Hundred Reasons, and oh, it wow. felt like a real kind of, I don't know, gone back in time a little bit. But yeah. it, it was just great to see everyone coming back out and and sort of celebrating that record and that that whole scene that was back then. Yeah, no, that must have been nice. I missed those run of shows, unfortunately. Um, I did want to hit up because it was was it a supporting as well. Um, yeah a, a and vex red so it was, was yeah yeah um they're all yeah. Lo- they're, they're local to me as well vex red uh they were oh, really? yeah i'm i'm based well i was based in kind of farnham aldershot area uh, okay yeah which is where they're from and now i'm based in Canada, yeah. which is just down the road but um uh, nice yeah no obviously i moved away but i'm i'm back so <laughs> you're back <laughs> um, but no it was um th- those bands like 100 reasons obviously they're from around here these parts and mm-hmm. vex red at the time and all that kind of stuff and all those bands ruben which again yeah with you you re-released their um their last album um yeah and, and jamie layman's new album as well yeah yeah so um, yeah we we've been working with jamie for I guess coming on for a year now, actually. Um, and it's been great. And, and yeah, we did the Ruben reissue as part of that, that album had never been on vinyl that the band had self released it back 10 years ago. And, um, uh, so we did that on vinyl for the first time and put it up on Spotify and all these things, which just kind of, it fell through the gaps of, I guess, when it yeah. originally came out. Um, and so that, that was awesome. I mean, a lot of people therefore expected a Ruben, uh, sort of, you know, a run of shows, which, sadly isn't on the agenda but um it was cool sort of doing that and then going into jamie's album which just went amazingly well yeah so. i was gonna say i saw all the press for that and that was crazy mm. like, he really it really yeah. hit an, uh, a, or strike a nerve with a lot of people and it is a fantastic album it um, is yeah and you know. i think that's it i think it really kind of connected for the old ruben fans the fans that jamie's kind of made from his own music since and and it's brought in a load of new people as well it's it's a pretty eclectic record and it kind of shows off various different sides of Jamie's songwriting yeah. and um I think it's uh it's I, I hate using the phrase but there's kind of something for everyone on there yes. and um he's uh he's great to work with he's very creative he's already 
come up with the idea for his next record, which uh, is <laughs> is one of the most bizarre emails I think I've ever had. But um, we'll see how it plans, pans out. We're, we've got more talks about it over the next few weeks. And um, I think people are going to be hearing a lot more from Jamie you know, pretty consistently over yeah. the next couple of years. That's going to be really cool because, I, I, I mean, I loved Ruben when they're around because they're another local lot. Mm-hmm. Um, who did well and and one of the guys uh barney evans who was their manager yeah uh is a really good friend of mine um he probably oh, cool. seen all the shot as well um, yeah and yeah no and I, I remember jamie used to uh <laughs> used to work in the fish and chip shop in my town so i used to oh, really? quite often when i went to go get food um amazing <laughs> yeah i know it's crazy when you when when the day jobs of of of, of musicians is kind of well yeah exactly over. It's a show on its yeah. own, to be honest, because I had three jobs at one point <laughs> trying to maintain the musician's career. Um, yeah, um, it's it's the same as a record label. You know, when I started the label, I was working nine to five for a phone company, uh, six till 10 at the local, local supermarket, and then trying to do the label from sort of 10.30 until I fell asleep each night. And yeah. that was the first three years of it. So I, I definitely feel the pain of bands and everyone who's you know, trying to sort of find that balance of, of kind of pursuing the dream, but having to pay the bills. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a long way. <laughs> mm, yeah. As well, I think ACDC said, it's a long way if you want to rock and roll. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, so going into um, this year, um, mm-hmm. what, what sort of um, plans have you got for the label? Have you got any other releases coming out that you can announce or anything coming out in the next couple of months that has already been announced, but is on its way? Yeah, um, we've got we, well, we've had a very busy start to the year. I think we put out eight releases in the first ten weeks of the year. So we've kind of it, it's almost felt weirdly quiet the last two weeks. Um, but we've got a bunch of things. We just announced last week that we signed the Get Up Kids, okay. who are um, pretty much my all-time favourite band. Um, so that was cool. You know, we we found out actually at the Hell Is for Heroes Bristol show just before we went into that. Got an email saying, "Are you interested in this?" and uh, we were so we've um yeah we've we've announced that we're working with them um and we've got more announcements coming from them pretty soon i better not not say too much but there's uh (laughs) let's just say there is new music coming um and uh yes that's been really good so we announced that one last week and we've just announced another um new signing a very new uk band called orchards who are um brilliant we've just put a new song up online it's they're kind of based in the sort of math rock world at the moment but really they're a pop band that you know they're just i guess in similar ways to bands like foals and stuff they're you know they're brilliant musicians and they're kind of influenced by that scene but they just write these incredible huge songs um so we put the first uh song that we're going to be releasing of theirs up yesterday um had an amazing reaction and uh so that's been really cool uh so we have stuff coming from both of those bands um and I can't think else. We've got a lot of bands touring at the moment. Uh, we're actually opening a pop-up shop in Cardiff next week. We okay. we kind of do we do these shops alongside our records. Um, we did one in London last year for two weeks, which went really well. And we decided we didn't really want to. I mean, we're based in Oxford, and we don't really want to be limiting ourselves just to the southeast. Yeah. So um, we're trying to. The plan is over the next two years, we're going to open five more shops all over the UK and you know by the uk we don't just mean england so yeah. we're trying to get out further and um we're uh yeah starting in cardiff next week okay. um yeah so we're opening a shop there for sort of five six days with a bunch of bands coming through to play in stores and 
we've got like tiny moving parts coming in to to run the shop for us for one evening which i don't really know how that's going to go <laughs> um <laughs> and uh yeah so that that should be really fun and then so that's kind of um you know as soon as the releases got quiet we got really busy with the final details for these shops and, and trying to work out everything and Josie, who works for us, is down in Cardiff today, picking up the keys and checking the final bits. We're linking up with local charity and sort of doing lots of bits and pieces in the real, like in the community. Um, so that's been pretty busy, and uh, yeah, it should be a lot of fun. Um, and then we're working on other shops later in the year for other cities. So how, how does how does that work for you guys? I mean, obviously a pop up shop. It's normally mm-hmm. um, well, from what I've seen, it's normally sort of. I know sort of like some big touring bands have done it where they have pop-up shops. Yeah. I did it in the States. I think Guns N' Roses have one nearer to me in one of my shopping centers and stuff. Right. Um, and is it, so do you just rent a space for the week and then. Yeah, that's the right. Yeah. So and then set up for the week. Yeah. Well, this one, Cardiff's a quick turnaround. We, we go in uh, on Tuesday, we open up Wednesday and we close the following Monday as we'll have the Tuesday to pack down and, and get out. So it's just seven days in and out um this shop like yeah we've rented it we found it through a website kind of similar to airbnb um for like retail spaces um and we've been in touch with them joseph's been down there a few times to meet the landlord and talk to them about what we want to do they were really supportive this space in particular is great it's it's like a really it's quite a big shop uh, sort of on the ground floor and a busy shopping arcade right by the castle and by club before back and lots of like places that people in Cardiff would very much know. Yeah. Um, and then it's got a downstairs basement for our, all our stock and storage. And then upstairs, we've got a space which holds maybe 50 people at a, at a push, which is where we're going to do all the in-stores. Um, so we can have like a dedicated space for bands to come in and actually play. We're only doing acoustics of Unplugged, but yeah. we have we have sort of Jamie Lenman and Nervous and Slaughter Beach Dog and uh, a few others coming in to, to do short sets. Um We've got a local brewery we're sort of linking up with. We're going to be selling their beers. And, yes, yeah, it's, it's, that's kind of what we do. We try and go into these places and try and work with work with the organizations that are there. And, and it's very much about kind of making ourselves part of the scene rather than going in and just sort of being like, hey, Cardiff, look at us. We're kind of going in and saying, well, what's great about Cardiff? What can we work with? We're working alongside Spillers Records on it and yeah. um, local promote gig promoters. So, yeah, there's a lot going on. It's just about sort of – making these connections and partnerships where we can um and it's it's pretty intense but it's always good fun and so far they've gone pretty well cool so how did you come up with that idea what what spurred you to i mean because like i say pop-up shops generally it's it's things like clothes or or just mm-hmm. general sort of like you know memorabilia you get like the, the typical sort of christmas pop-up shots that are up for the december months and then they're disappeared um, yeah so what what you know you're you're a record label what what was the sort of like was it just something you saw something else work with and it, you thought that might work for us well the one we did in london last year we it, last year we decided we were getting to our 200th release and we wanted to celebrate that so we'd brainstormed various ideas and we thought about doing a beer or just throwing a big party or having a big sort of all day or all like mini festival and all these ideas were really cool but none of them were quite right and then not to sound like a horrible cliche but it it came to me in a dream. <laughs> um, I woke up one morning and I was just, I sort of just said to my wife, I think we need to open a shop in London and do all of these things. And that's kind of what we did. So um, we used it as a space to have loads of bands come in um, and play and, and set up bars themselves and all this. And um, yeah, and, and again, we linked up with a brewery and lots of other things and just really kind of immersed ourselves in it. And um, 
it, it just kind of ticks a lot of boxes for us. And actually it was great because London's, you know, it's an amazing city and it's got a huge music scene, but actually in the kind of the niche uh, world that we live in, there's not that many shops in the city center, which are, are selling the kind of our kind of bands. Yeah. Um, so we opened up in Hackney and we had people taking, taking a day off work to come out and, uh, buy records from us um, because otherwise there was nowhere else for them to go. They could maybe go to like Banquet, but that's an hour, hour and a half, sort of, well, two or three hour round trip. Yeah. And um, that's quite a long way. And, and, you know, as convenient as mail order is, people do still like going to shops. Yeah. So for that two-week period, we kind of filled a little bit of a gap in the market, it seemed. Um, and it, it kind of just spurred us on. And we were like, well, let's do this again and let's take it to some other places. And, you know, Cardiff has Spillers, which is a great shop. And there's diverse music down the road in, in Newport. And um, so it's it's not sort of lacking in shops, but I think those shops are limited in how much stock they can carry. So we thought, well, we'll go in and just for a short time, we'll bring in all of our records. We'll bring in stuff from other labels that we like. So we're stocking things from everyone from Sub Pop to Run for Cover to even some of the majors. And, um, and yeah, just kind of sort of imposing our taste on people for a few days, I guess. Nice. That's yeah. a, that is a really good idea. I, I'm, mm. I am impressed, sir. Thank you. Well cool. Done. Thanks. <laughs> um, so speaking of, 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 of stores generally, yeah. um, record stores, uh, this is yeah. a nice little segue here. Record store <laughs> it day. It is. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. I just came up with it. Um, <laughs> um, so record store day. Um, I'm kind of, I'm trying to get uh, sort of people's uh, feelings, emotions and, and general sort of opinions on it because uh, I love the day personally. Um, it's one of the things... Uh, I'm a I'm a an old school DJ, so I've still mm. got my vinyl set up. Um, I love getting that that the vinyl. Generally, yeah. uh, I'm not like a, a purist on it because I love CDs, I love MP3s, and uh-huh. I have embraced streaming. Um, and I work for a company that is one of the streamers, so um, right. <laughs> I'm not I'm not being paid to say this, but I do <laughs> I do like it because they make me pay for it, so I'm not getting it cool. for free. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I just um wanted to get your sort of like because obviously you've you've uh, have released things on Mm -hmm. the said day uh obviously not this year but you've got your you've kind of taken the spirit of it in as much as a pop-up store i feel um Mm -hmm. and in promoting obviously independent retailers as well as independent Mm -hmm. music um so yeah what is your experience with the day i'm kind of trying to get it from the other side of the the shop floor if you will because i can go into these places i can go in there with my list of records that i want to get um Uh and i'll pick up probably one out of the 20 that i list down right, just, out, yeah. just purely because you look for the rare ones um yeah. but how do you from the independent standpoint because you, you have to compete with a lot of major bands reissuing stuff and major mm. labels kind of you know putting in that very limited run of vinyl that everyone wants um yeah how is it for you guys how does it how does it work for you I mean, we've we've put out, I think, four records over maybe a five-year period for Record Store Day and actually had a very good experience each time. Okay. Um, it, it is a hugely competitive thing. You know, there's there's a lot of records being put out and, and as I said, shops can only carry so many titles. Um, but we've, we've been lucky, you know, that we've got certain stores who we champion and they stock our stuff and, and people know that they can go there and get our, our records even on a day like this. Um, so we've kind of been able to fight our way through, I suppose, and, and you know, for people to be able to find our stock. Um, the first time we did it, we put out a compilation. Oh, I can't remember what year this was now, a, a few years ago. Um, and it was great just watching it 
we had it we organized a, a party that day with some of the bands off the compilation playing and as i was traveling into london i was following it on twitter and i was just it was great just seeing people posting from various different parts of the country with photos of this record saying hey i just got the final copy in I don't know, in Jumbo, or I got the final copy in Banquet or Rough Trade. And, and just seeing, like, you could almost plot a map and watch it around the country as certain shops and certain cities yeah. sold out. And and that was really cool. It just felt great, you know. It was really, you know, shops, I, I think, Record Store Day is kind of like Christmas for shops in terms of how much business they do. But it, it kind of felt a bit like Christmas for me as well, just watching, like, just all these people just saying this really nice stuff and being excited to pick up the record. Um, and great for us and the band as well to see people have that excitement, you know, cause it was almost a throwback to, to when, um, I was younger and, you know, a new album would come out. So, you know, like there's a new Oasis record and you'd be queuing outside of Woolworths to buy it yeah. or whatever. And, and the excitement of that, you don't often get that so much these days now, cause you know, maybe a record is streaming via a magazine a week before it comes out and, and things like that. And also I'm older and a bit more jaded, so I don't <laughs> tend to you know, queue up in the rain outside of a shop, but it's, um, it was a real nice kind of throwback to those days and, uh, and just the, the enthusiasm from everybody, um, just to be a part of it. And it was great. You know, it's, it, I'd love to see that kind of attitude more often and yeah, you know, sort of people to be really embracing record shops all year round. Cause yeah because they're a great thing they are they are and they're 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 well they're a dying breed as well which is unfortunate um yeah although like, i think actually that there, there are some shops popping up again we've kind of i feel like we went through the period where a lot of shops closed down and i think in the last couple of years a few more especially kind of like vinyl dedicated ones and sometimes in towns you wouldn't necessarily expect are starting to pop up and do quite well which yeah. is is good it feels like perhaps we're turning a corner there I'm, a little I, bit i hope so i mean i've got a friend who runs one in uh, farnham um, and has mm-hmm. done for for as long as I can remember. Well, the record store has been there for as long as I can remember. It used to be called right. Bates Collector Records. It's now called 101 Collector Records. Right. Um, but he's been in there probably, must be about 15 years now. And he's an independent stockist. He, he mm-hmm. you know, and Record Store Day basically would maintain probably the majority of his business for the year. Will pay for the shop to be open for the year anyway, at least. Yeah. Um, but I've always been the one to encourage people to go in there other than that day. Obviously, go yeah. in there, queue up, get the release you want because they are exclusives, you know. Mm-hmm. And some people just want that that 180 gram vinyl yeah. exclusive gatefold, you know. Yeah, which <laughs> um, is, is completely fair enough. It is. And and what I always encourage people to do is, is you know, look around the shop, pick up something else you know yeah um go through the other racks you know get get yeah do a little bit of crate digging you don't have to go mad on it but yeah you you might find something you might find the original pressing of it for you know a tenner exactly yeah original pressing you know what i mean yeah um no definitely and then go back the next week or go back the you know and and just because a lot of the places have relatively affordable music in there you know you can pick up an album on vinyl three four five pounds you know it's not in great condition but at the end of yeah. the day, it's you, you've got that piece of art in front of you. So that's it. And I think buying records is quite an addictive hobby as well. Oh, it is. Once you <laughs> once you get going, I mean, yeah. it's one you maybe regret when you come to move house, but up until yep. that point, it's it's a really nice thing to have. Oh, it is. It is. Until you look at your bank account as well. Or, you know, yeah. If one night that's you true. drank a little bit too much and you thought, oh, I love that, I love that, and then a couple of days yeah. later you get this package arrive and you're like. Oh uh, no! I've oh, done well. it again. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I used to do that a lot as a kid because, like I said, I was a DJ and and uh, well, I still am a DJ. But yeah. um, 
like buying vinyl i would i would like i obviously go to some stores you know because we did have mm-hmm. some in the area that specialized in you know t- uh, like sort of like the drum and bass stuff i was into and, and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and scratch stuff um but uh yeah just sort of going online and 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 ordering a whole bunch of vinyl from yeah what was it hard to find records i think was the store that i uh, okay. got from um i don't know if they still exist actually i've not looked no but they were like up in birmingham but i'd often get packages from there like right. oh when did i order that oh <laughs> yeah i'm not checking my emails for receipts or anything but <laughs> yeah so yeah. Um, yeah no no so uh, it it can be an addictive thing and and it's one of those things that i think has helped obviously with the i think with the revival i think i was when i was chatting to um uh jack earlier um yeah. he mentioned that how the streaming services have kind of comp- they complement the sort of physical releases now so yeah whereas you can get any piece of music you want that's obviously been licensed to those streaming services um mm-hmm. but then if you really really like the album you can go out and you can buy the physical product you can buy that piece of vinyl um, yeah with the big artwork and all that kind of stuff on it you can buy the cd if you wanted something a bit more compact um yeah. and that you can play in your car if you still have a cd player in your car um and and yeah. just stuff like that and how that and how the mp3 kind of didn't didn't do that for the physical product it kind of almost knocked out the the general sort of like uh domain if you will which yeah it, which it did for a bit because mp3s were selling very well but then i think mm-hmm. i think with the streaming services the mp i don't know if it's the same for you that with streaming it's kind of it's grown and it can be a a, a big asset now to if you use it properly yeah um, no absolutely and i think yeah jack's right it does it does complement the physical product pretty nicely um we still put download cards inside of each of our records yeah. um but we're seeing less and less people actually use those now because i think a lot of people are on spotify or or one of those similar services and um you know music consumption for me has always been about convenience really and people choose the format which best suits their lifestyle and uh i think for a lot of people that we're selling to anyway it's probably a mix of vinyl and streaming because they want streaming for when they're out and about but they want the vinyl at home as part of their collection so they can you know it's a thing it's a physical thing they could still hold and and sort of you know a door basically yeah. well, and it's, uh it's that thing of not owning something as well like with, yeah. with the streaming services and mp3s i feel you don't own anything no a digital file isn't anything you know what i mean no. it's it's bits of data that can easily disappear Whereas exactly when yeah. you've got the physical product it can still easily disappear you know don't get me mm. wrong people used to steal my records <laughs> yeah and stuff <laughs> like that um but it is it's having that piece of that physical piece of the band as well because if you appreciate the music you appreciate the band and it's owning a piece of them yeah as well so um and when having these streaming services it kind of there's no uh what's the right word for that there's no soul to it i guess yeah whereas with the with with the physical product not to negate i I love the streaming services they're Mm -hmm. very good don't get me wrong but there is no you don't own anything that you're listening to no no if you want that piece of artwork that's it and i think that people sometimes forget there are a lot of fans out there who do still want to own a piece of artwork yeah so that that often does get forget uh, forgotten i think and and i think those people will always be around and and we're seeing it as well we've sort of we sell a lot of vinyl to younger people as well some of our bands like like modern baseball they have a very young fan base who buy a lot of records and it's it's great to see that you know 16 year olds buying lps yeah. it's not we're not only selling to the 30 somethings and um so hopefully that sort of 
you know that's going to be preserved for the next generation i guess i hope so i mean it's it's you know i mean away from the sort of like purist side of things it's it's a great product you know yeah um i've always like since being part of the music industry i've always loved producing you know as part of being a creative you love producing a piece of art you know a physical piece whether it be a cd or a tape or or a record in this case and um and like you've got that there you've like i've created this it's like painting a wall you know what i mean it's just like Mm. i've done that i built this i made this i produced this you know no absolutely Um, and it's great that the 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 sort of next generation of music listeners consumers whatever you want to call them um are embracing that physical side of things again Mm, um, just yeah. pure, just purely on the basis that it's not i mean for the artist it's good as well because a lot of the creative outlet can, is obviously the music side of it but also the expression of that as well so yeah you know i'm hoping again for the rise of sort of music videos and 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 that side of it the visual media you know mm, definitely whereas it's been kind of a lot of lyric videos which yeah. are getting better don't get me wrong they're kind of like they're not just <laughs> words on the screen anymore there's a lot of art and sort of cartoons going on with those things now um, yeah but yeah no i just i just i just yeah i just love that physical product and i'm glad it's kind of from your perspective like knowing that it's being picked up by the younger generation as well mm, so. definitely no all for it cool so are you, are you i know obviously not releasing anything this year but are you doing anything this year for record store day does this pop up all over that or no, we we opened the pop up the week before, so we closed just a few days before Record Store Day. Okay, that was that was an intentional thing because um, as much as we want to go in and sort of uh, support these cities, it would feel really wrong for us to go in and and be open on their busiest day of the year. So yeah. we we're purposely avoiding that, um, and so that we we close up four or five days before Record Store Day. Okay. So and we'll be advising everybody to be going to the shops which are there all year round. Awesome. Excellent, excellent. So, um, this question I asked Jack earlier: um, uh-huh. your three top albums that shape the person that you are today. Oh wow, that's uh, <laughs> that's a question, isn't it? It is a question. Um, oh, I have no idea. Uh, three albums. I'm going to sound so biased here, but uh, something's right home about by the Get Up Kids. Cool. Um, purely because I think that album. I actually bought that off of eBay, um, and it's, it is probably my, my favorite record in the world. I bought it for like $2 from eBay in the U.S. because I think I'd read a review in Kerrang. This is back in the days of you know reading reviews and yeah. having to take a punt on a record. So, And that, I'd never really heard anything like it at that point. I think my, my music taste was heading that way, but I didn't know that scene or genre even existed. Um, and that opened up doors to, for me personally and sort of professionally in the end because that shaped the sort of bands that we went on to sign and weirdly ultimately we then signed that band which cool. is crazy so that's definitely got to be in the top three um what else i think maybe for similar reasons ideas above our station by 100 reasons um again opened me up sort of musically not a million miles from the get up kids but that kind of opened me up to a uk version of it i suppose and um there was a little record shop weirdly right down the road from from my flat where i'm sitting right now which um i used to go in i used to live further away from here and i used to travel to go to the shop and the guy in there used to recommend albums to me based on what i was into and uh that was one that he told me to check out and he used to put on gigs and 
I went to see them play to like 20 people in Oxford and uh, it, it just really kind of opened me up to a whole new um, scene and really encouraged me to work in music myself. So nice. for very similar reasons to Get Up Kids, that goes in there. Third record. Ah. Oh. I've been self-indulgent in this. So I'm going to carry on, but it's uh, <laughs> Variations on Swing by uh, Meet Me in St. Louis, which is another band from your part of the world, yeah. I think. Um, that record we put out in 2007, and that was just a real um, changing point for the label. Like I'd, I took out a bank loan to pay to put out that record, and uh, it was kind of like, I don't know how this is going to go, and if it went badly, it was the end of the label, and you know me having to go back to getting a proper job and all that kind of thing. But it actually went really, really well. And the band split up months after the record came out, which in many ways was an absolute disaster. But it, it had gone well enough up to that point that I was at least encouraged to continue. Yeah. Like we hadn't we hadn't broken even. It took us years and years to break even on that record. But, it, um, you know, it was just it was good to see that we could do the job and put this thing out. And and the band sort of reformed just for a couple of final shows um, two years ago. And it was so good because they never got to play their final shows the first time around. So it was great to see that. And it was just a real kind of, I don't know, everything about it was just quite, I don't know, affirming for me, I suppose. And yeah, so Excellent. there we go. None of them are massive, famous records, but they all meant a lot to me. Awesome. <laughs> That's all good. That's all good. Um, so what? Uh, just finding, what, what are your hobbies away from music? Away from your label? Uh, do you do anything else or is it just all? Like, no, uh, weirdly me and jack were talking about this just a few days ago and saying that well music you know we're lucky enough to work in something which is our hobby yeah. so sometimes it's very difficult to go out and sort of drag yourself away and, and find other hobbies i really like cooking um which i kind of got into a few years ago and uh kind of through necessity because my wife just won't do it so i was <laughs> like well someone's got to cook uh-huh. <laughs> uh i really like that it, i quite find that quite therapeutic cool. um um, and we have a dog who's asleep with me right now. And he, uh, you know, I have to walk him and sort of uh, be be around for him. And that's kind of, uh, I don't know if that counts at all as a hobby, but it's definitely got me more outside than I used to be. Yeah. And uh, sort of changed up my routines and dragged me away from just staring at a computer all day, every day. Yep. So it's it certainly offered me a good balance anyway. Cool, I have um, too, and it did the same thing for me, so... Yeah, it's it's good. I was never a dog person, and I agreed to get one, thinking this is going to be terrible. And actually, I loved it. So, um, yeah, it was good. And then outside of that, I'm a big football fan, and I support Reading and follow them every weekend. Oh, okay. So, cool. yeah, but That's they're awesome. so bad at the moment, I can't really count that as no, a hobby. I, so. I, where I work, I actually work in Reading, so um, uh, okay. I, see, I see a lot of them guys about. So, right. Yeah. That's all good. Yeah, time <laughs> to do better. Yeah, I will. I will. <laughs> cool, man. Um, finally, where can people reach you? Where's the best place to get uh, Big Scary Monster? Um, so if they go to bsmrocks.com, that's our website. Everything is there. That's our kind of portal to follow us through the socials. And we've got all our contact details on there. And there's playlists for all of our bands cool. um, and, and everything they could possibly want. Awesome. Well, Kevin, thank you very much for your time. No worries. I'll let you get off to your next one. So <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, thank you very much. Cool. All right. Sounds great. Cool, man. Awesome. Thanks a lot. Thank you very thanks. much. Have a good one, all right? And you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.